0: Todd Feinberg Show live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080.
1: Well, it's afternoon time. Time for us to talk once again. Thank you for being here. Eight six zero five two two nine eight four two. Appreciate your presence. It's always good to have you around and to be able to hang out, and that's what we do, and it's wonderful and fun. In, uh, in a few minutes, we're going to have with us a restaurateur who is, no, this is not food hour moved up, but this is a guy who owns a restaurant, and he's running for office for the first time. I think it's the first time, pretty sure. And, and uh, I think that'll be fun for you to listen to. Well I haven't no I have had just a short phone conversation to book the interview but I just think it'll it's an interesting conversation when somebody who's successfully in the world of business decides that they're going to take a plunge into the crazy world of of electoral politics. I love that about somebody being willing to do that. And I think it's a kind of a role model thing to do for for all of us that you know, these are things people can do. It's our government we can jump in, and seize it, and try to shape it into our own image, simply because it's there and it's ours. And somehow we have to get filled up with that because these plunderers and the plundering they do—it's just so destructive. Uh, something's got to, something's got to give. And I'm eager for, uh, I'm eager for us to rise up and start to make that happen. That's really the. The, the goal here is to save America, and what I hope, because it comes, it becomes clearer to me all the time, it, it, is that we've been utterly hoodwinked by uh, two bit hustlers who we've we've fallen for their their two bit pitches, and, and we've just got to smarten up about that. I am uh, I am convinced that that's what the next phase has to be, the next movement that we that we go on that we enter is going to be a movement of the the american people taking back america and not in a left right way because there really is no good in the politics that's being practiced right now in my opinion there's because structurally the our government has been robbed from us and both sides have inexplicably been involved with this i, I don't understand why republicans have never pushed back in terms of making an argument about what's wrong with Democrats. This, this is the most dangerous thing that's happened to our country, and the biggest failure in politics is that Republicans have sat there and watched while for, I don't know, 50 years, 75 years, 100 years, this, they've been on this path. The Democrats have always had their roots in communism, in anti-Americanism, they're, I'm not saying all Democrats voters were that way, but I'm saying the Democrats, the shakers and movers, the energy. Like right now, I, I would not say that I would not say that there's a large percentage of Democrats who are communists at heart. Uh, not a majority, I mean to say. Uh, it's a large group, I think. But I think most people who vote for Democrats get tricked by their narratives and think that they're fighting for good and because they're fighting for good they want to uh, vote for them to protect them from the evil republicans I do believe that most voters fall for that argument and that's obviously a a a big mistake because they don't know the other argument they haven't heard it fleshed out and that's largely uh, what drives me I want everybody to understand because I think you can convince anybody who will listen that doesn't mean with open ears even But just who's available to push the arguments to that over time, the arguments in favor of the American system of government and against the what the Democrats are purveying will prevail if you have a chance to have the conversation. And I'm seeking people who want to have the conversation. I'm hoping every day that there are tons of people listening to us who don't know what we're talking about here. Don't know what I'm talking about here. Question most of what I'm saying. Like Don from East Hartford who calls occasionally, who's a wonderful caller and a wonderful listener because I—he's ha- he's going through internal struggle, it seems to me, trying to figure out what is right. And he's been brainwashed into thinking that people who spend more of his money to save him from uh, poverty... That those people are the ones who care about him and that those who say he can make it on his own and want to build a world where his right to pursue his own path, those people he views as uh, robbing him blind because there are some millionaires and billionaires who don't pay enough taxes. Like that argument, I think, has done it for Don. And and that kind of thing, you know, those are things we can flesh out. And I, I don't th- believe that it's that hard to realize that that's that's just a scam argument that's not that carries no truth at all that when you are looking for uh, to, to fool people. If you can create a demon, if you can create a bad guy, it makes it easier. And, and that's what I see most of this stuff as being. But but Republicans have sat around and allowed themselves to be made into the bad guys. And they've just shrugged their shoulders at this. And I've I've always thought they just shrugged their shoulders Because I asked myself through the years, why don't Republicans make the counter-argument? If you want to live a good life, if you don't want to be in poverty, stay away from Democrats. Because Democrats are the ones who oversee poverty in our country. That's their business. They're in the poverty business. Republicans are in the America business. Democrats pack the country with people from other countries who they put in the worst schools controlled by Democrats, who live in underserved communities underserved by Democrats. And if you think about what would cause a political party to want to bring in more impoverished people to make the schools less effective and the communities less stable, why would you do that? Unless it was critical to your business model to your survival to have people trapped in poverty in perpetuity which is what the Democrats are conspiring to achieve and then they want to use that poverty as an argument for why everybody else is evil to take away the money from the evil people to give it to their voters but of course they do give a little to their voters enough to get their loyalty and get their votes But they don't do it enough to improve their lives because if they improve their lives, there wouldn't be any more poor people. And if there were no more poor people, Democrats would be up that creek. You know that creek with the name that begins with an S? Democrats would have no customers if they cured poverty, so they make no effort to cure poverty. What they do do is, is conspire to make poverty permanent. And if the people who they're selling on the fact that they're the ones who care about them and they're the ones who are gonna lift them out of poverty if they can convince them of that regardless of how poor the performance is because there's this blind emotional loyalty that develops Wow what a business model you have so that's where we're at but still the question remains why are Republicans silent why don't Republicans make the argument against what the Democrats do. It's criminal what they do. The lives that get ruined by their failed schools. And yet they go out every day and talk about how this is the only way to educate. It's the only way. You have to have a government-run school system. But why? Why do you have... There's nothing else that we would argue should be run this way, is there? Can you tell me one thing we would argue should be run this way? Like the government schools? What would it be? Should we run uh, window cleaning operations, have them all taken over by the government? And have it built into our taxes? And the government unionize all the workers and argue every day for how they need less work and more bigger budgets and would we do that would we do that for just think of any business what business would we decide is important enough because obviously so far Democrats only believe education is the thing that is so critical that it needs the biggest failure of systems in the country in charge of it teaching young people what they need to know to advance in life and be great members of society they've taken that out of the thing that we know works best and put it into the thing we know works worst. and if you look at the arguments they make how ridiculous they are and and smart people and committed people and people who believe they're correct walk around parroting these uh, really silly arguments like a school choice, that only takes uh, money out of the hands of the public schools. and makes them worse. Well, yeah, that's what happens when a new restaurant opens or a new supermarket opens. takes money out of the hands of the existing ones in order that better ones might sprout up. It's a, comp- a competitive marketplace, and markets are where you make great things happen. But, but again, Republicans don't push back. Where are Republicans? Why are Republicans walking up, down, up and down the street of, uh, of all American cities, knocking on doors and saying, if you want to live in better neighborhoods, here are the arguments. If you want your kids to live in safer neighborhoods, here's how we can do it. If you want your kids to go to the best schools, we've got a plan. It's called capitalism. It's called markets. It's called the American system of government. Oh, what a glorious thing it would be to hear, and it would be much easier to go out every day and do what we do here. To argue for success. But people, people don't know what the arguments are for markets. The so People don't know what markets are. They don't know that. What the democrats are is the communist party in the united states of america they don't know that the democrats are practicing racism on the people the minorities they claim to love and celebrate they love diversity but they don't allow intellectual diversity they're making colleges and universities places of oppression they're turning the public school system into a singular ideological vessel they are forcing social media to shut down the speech of conservatives they say they're one thing and they do the other and where are the republicans to articulate that message so everybody can understand it it's disappointing that this isn't made more clear to me because there are people receptive to the message there's no reason why Republicans have to only get 10% of the black vote or 12% or whatever it is. They should be getting 25 or 30 or 40 or 50 or 60 or 70, as as is starting to happen with Hispanics. Things are starting to get bad enough in the country and, and hard enough for working people, that working people are understanding the Democrats are their enemies, despite the reputation as being For the working man, the working man has realized that's not the case anymore. And still, Republicans are quiet. They don't really articulate the message. Anybody who says a special interest group should run the schools doesn't want great schools. Anybody who says a special interest group should control police policy is not in favor of better policing. Those are just obvious things. Anybody who says government should keep taking more money out of everybody's pockets so it can do things you could easily do for yourself, if only they didn't take all your money away, is arguing for a lesser country. And yet people do it all the time, and Republicans seem not to Make the argument in opposition. Can you explain this to me, please? Eight six zero five two two nine eight four two. I would love to know why it works this way, why we are doing this, why this is what we are up to. Why is that? I'm very confused by this. Paul's in Waterbury. Hello, Paul.
2: Hi, hi, Todd. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, A couple things. I, I don't know how you look at things, but... The you don't? Election,
1: that's all I talk about is how I look at things.
2: I, I wanted your you know your your take on what, where do you think the midterms are going to go. I think that if the country has any sanity at all, the, the Democrats will be taken out. I mean, they will be totally flattened by a red wave. Do you think that's going to happen?
1: I wouldn't say totally flattened, no. I would say that there, the uh, abortion thing is is a a trade-off that Republicans made. The Republicans in the Supreme Court decided, the conservatives in the Supreme Court, who believe in uh, restoring constitutional order to the Supreme Court, knew that they were going to create backlash and decided it was a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, and they had to do that. And I'm sure they did it with consultation with Republican leaders in, in some way. I don't know how. I just feel certain that they must... They must have some way of discussing these things. So I think they know there's a price they have to pay for that. And that that hurts a lot. And then they've managed to get Trump back center stage. And having Trump center stage excites the Republican base and excites the Democratic base. But the way the wave was going to happen, the wave you're talking about, Paul, is based on having Democrats depressed over having elected a horrible president who's done who's ruined everything he's touched and they were going to not show up to vote but now they are because they're excited by Trump being back center stage and they're excited by the abortion ruling
2: well fr- frankly i you know uh, you know my feelings on trump and i did not like trump but however i am looking at what has happened to this country under joseph robinet biden and what kind of a middle name
1: is that anyway but well, well, you're, you're a Republican voter, right?
2: I'm an independent. I, I, I vote for the, you know, I don't vote for the party line. I vote for the man. But, you know, the thing is, Todd, um, Biden has totally ruined everything. He was the best the Democrats could put up. That's a very sad thing. And now Trump, you look at Trump, and Trump talks stupid. You know, he really talks stupid, but he got things done. He was able to get things done and to have the keel of the ship in the right way. For whatever, however he did it, he did it. And he is the best hope that this country has to right itself. He's the only one, I think, who has the energy and the fortitude and the strength.
1: Yeah, but this is a different discussion extent. than the the one you brought up. the The point you brought up was that you thought that Democrats are going to get swept out of office in I, this I electoral cycle. He,
2: I, I am so angry at what has happened to, and I think everybody is. I can't see, I can't see, you know, anything but a red wave happening in November. And I, I certainly hope, hope that it does. I wanted to bring up one other thing and, and it's kind of, you know, off topic, Todd, uh, and I talked to Anthony about it, but I, I look back at the Democrats of the Camelot years, the Kennedy years, and I know you remember those, and, um, and it was, a, I think, it was a different Democratic Party back then um, from what we have now. I, I think that they were more uh, uh, centrist or more reasonable, insane in the way they governed. But correct me if, you know, I mean, it's an odd take I'm going to espouse here. But I think that the Kennedy assassination really drove this country kind of crazy. I think after that assassination, I know my mother, the day that Kennedy was shot, she was just crying on the kitchen table. She was bawling her eyes out. Most of the country was. It was such a horrific thing. And I think it threw the country into a kind of a crazy tailspin almost. You had, you know, the you know the drugs were blowing up. You had the riots. Vietnam blew up. Kennedy wanted us out of Vietnam. And Johnson put us right back in full force. And you had, the, you know, the... Uh, uh, the uh, the protests and, and Kent State and I just yeah think I think that, we
1: did we did go off a cliff but it could have been different it wasn't that one act but that one act was the was a trigger for right uh, a a decade or or more of bad stuff happening there's no doubt
2: right well th- thanks for taking my call,
1: Todd. nice I, I, to talk yeah. with you, Paul. Thank you, you so too. much.
2: As always, it's a pleasure,
1: Todd. All righty, have a good weekend. This is Friday, right? It's hard to it's hard to get your bearings after. After a holiday and a shortened week, but I do believe it's Friday and we've got order up coming in the last hour and we've got rants to play. We've got a great guest coming up in a few minutes and lots of stuff to talk about. So I would encourage you to take part in the conversation. 860 And don't forget about rants. You can leave a rant on the rant line. We're going to play them after uh, the four o'clock news and get caught up on some rants. Looking forward to doing that. So call the rant line, eight six zero seven five one forty six ninety eight. Check me out on social media, too, if you're one of those people. Twitter, at Todd Talk, is my handle, at Todd Talk. And you can follow me on Facebook by going to ToddTalk.com. It'll bring you right to my Facebook page. So stay tuned. We've got a lot of good stuff coming. I want to play a little JFK, by the way, this afternoon. I've got a clip of him Speaking during the Cuban Missile Crisis, I find fascinating, which I've I just recently listened to for the first time, and I want you to hear. Uh, all that coming up and more, you, if we're lucky, on WTIC.
0: something from the Todd Feinberg show, listen to the podcast on WTIC.com slash podcast.
1: Yeah, this is, this is fun. Now I read a story recently, a couple weeks ago, I guess about a guy who owns a restaurant in Norwalk and he's He feels so strongly about the politics that he sees that he's he's running for office. He's running for state rep in in Norwalk and New Canaan. The restaurant he owns is the Dry Dock Bar and Grill. His name is Don Mastronardi. And I invited him to come on to talk about why he's running for office. And uh, there was something he said about putting the people before the politically connected, that this is what politics is doing today, and, and he wants to fix that. So I decided to have him on, and he decided to agree. So um, let's welcome Don right now to WTIC. Don, thanks for being here. Appreciate it.
3: Oh, my pleasure. How are you doing, Todd?
1: What is uh, going on with you? How are you doing is the question, because you've, you've sort of jumped off a cliff.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's been, uh, it's been an interesting ride to start. Uh, you know, owning three restaurants here in Norwalk and uh, having a family and coaching football and stuff. It's been a full-time job, but um, I got sick and tired of complaining about what was going on in our state, and I said, you know what? My dad always said, if you don't have any solutions uh, to problems, then you shouldn't be complaining about them. So I decided to jump in, and I think I got some good solutions, some common sense, fiscal conservative business approaches to our government, and, you know, for too long, this state has put politicians in front of the people, and that t- that needs to change, and that's why I'm running. And uh, I think we got a good slate of candidates, and it's time to uh, step up and take the fight.
1: What was the, the was there a particular thing that happened, or a period of time where you started watching? Can you give us a little more on, on what impacted you emotionally? Because it is a big thing to, especially as a restaurateur, it, you've got a lot of demands on your time and attention, and as a coach and family guy and, and all those other things, how do, you, how do you make that decision? What drove you to it?
3: Well, I think COVID had a big impact on a lot of this stuff. You know, um, you know, Not only my businesses, but a lot of businesses in this area got really negatively impacted by the state basically shutting us down and mm-hmm. putting all these crazy rules in place that really, honestly, at the end of the day, now that we're looking back at it, didn't really do much. And it really took a big toll on a lot of our businesses. It took a lot of toll on our economy in general. Uh, you're seeing a lot of the inflation, the supply chain issues, all that stuff could have been avoided. with a little more common sense approaches to things. kind of like what Florida did. Florida didn't it, shut down.
1: Yeah, um, a lot of places. And, and what the numbers indicate is what you're saying, that the places that didn't shut down didn't fare worse from COVID and fared a lot better on a business level by yep. following that policy.
3: Yeah, and if you even look at the death rate, you can look at the death rate in Florida versus Connecticut, and the actual death rate uh, per 100,000 was actually lower in, in Florida, and they got a more elderly population. Yes. So a lot of this stuff, they talk. the left always likes to talk about, talk about how we're the party of science and all this, but at the end of the day, you've got to follow the facts, you've got to follow the science, and the science didn't, didn't really dictate to do the lockdowns that we did and put us in the financial problems that we're having you know i'm lucky that we have a restaurant dry dock that you know is a well established restaurant and we you know kind of kept our kept our head above water with you know the ppp loans and and doing takeout and stuff like that but a lot of friends that i know and a lot of business people left or had to shut down their doors forever and a lot of people in this industry said i'm not going to come back to this industry either and it's caused a lot of labor shortages and and it's really had an impact and that's going to affect us moving forward and you know the spending that the Democrats want to do moving forward is really only going to put us in a bigger bind. We're already at 90 billion in unfunded liabilities for the state. Uh, the businesses are taking the brunt of this. We got tax increases coming July 1st with the hut tax that got passed. I don't know if a lot of people know what that is: it's the highway and use tax, which means now every truck um, that goes just through Connecticut has to apply for permits and then pay a fee for every. Uh, mile they drive or Mm -hmm. a tax on every mile so that's going to increase our cost of goods and stuff we need for baby formula food all that kind of stuff a diesel tax already went in on july 1st and then the gas tax that they just extended till after the election the 25 cent gas tax that the state charges that kicks back in so everything's going up in after the election so we need to make people aware
0: of that
1: we're talking to don mastronardi He's running for state rep in Norwalk and New Canaan. He's a restaurateur, business guy, conservative guy, as you can hear. And taking this is your first elective office that you're running for?
3: It is. Um, You know, I've I've always been passionate about politics. I follow it. Um, I'm pretty, I know the issues both at the federal and state level. And, again, a lot of this is a very, like I said, a common-sense approach to problems, right? We don't need to always uh, throw money at problems. A lot of the stuff we need to talk about things. And I'm not running on a social agenda because that's the Democrats are going to try to run that down our throats and try to claim that we're trying to take women's rights away. Right. I want to be very clear. When I say I'm a limited government fiscal conservative, that means I believe you should be able to make the choices in your life, both your personal, your medical, and the government should stay out of our lives as much as possible. And if you decide to do certain things with your body, that's your choice, and we should respect that, but that should also be carried across not just for abortion, that means if you decide not to get the vaccine or not, get a ma- or not wear a mask, you shouldn't be villainized or forced to you know, quit your job or be fired from your job. And we saw a lot of that, too. And to me, that's hypocrisy. It's either you are for freedom and choice across the board or you're not. It's, there's, you're now a little bit pregnant. you know, it, That's the saying. So it's either you're for choice and you believe in that full on or you don't. And for me, I believe the government should stay out of our lives and let people decide how to spend their money how to make decisions for their family, that includes their education, that includes, you know, their medical decisions. And I think if we had more of that kind of approach to everything in our political system, we'd be far better off and we have far less division.
1: Yeah, I love that you came to that conclusion, because that's a libertarian viewpoint, and, and that means that you're lined up with the people who founded the country, and that's where I am as well. I, it just seems much easier to me. Like, he, hearing you articulate it is fun, because so few people do. But to me, the there is nothing about government that we should look at it and say, oh, they should be the ones to tell us what to do for our health or <laughs> or that they should be the ones to tell us that we can or can't have an abortion those are important critical decisions uh, in a person's life and a, you can't yep. trust government for for making those decisions for people and our whole system of government is designed to make sure the government isn't in a position to make those sorts of big desi- decisions for people
3: and i think that's what you've seen over the last decade um has really been where the left has gone far left and become really a party of you know authoritarianism Yeah, they're the
1: oppressors. a lot
3: about it. You know, telling you what you can do, you're going to listen to us. And I always say to people, let me ask you one question. Can you give me one thing that the state or the federal government does efficiently? Can you name it? Cuz we're 30 trillion in debt. We're um we're 90 billion in debt in the state. The government, every time they open up a website or try to do something, that becomes a nightmare. They they can never do anything efficiently or do anything well. well
1: no, they yeah, make we, a mess of everything they touch.
3: Exactly. And we continue to cede more and more of our rights and more and more of our freedoms to them. And I, and I, just, I just wholeheartedly will always fight against that instinct. And Now, if that goes against the Republican Party sometimes, so be it. Like mm-hmm. I always said, I'm not beholden to my party, or a single politician. I'm beholden to the people that I represent. I'm beholden to the values that I hold dear. And at the end of the day, if my constituents say they want certain things, and the majority of those constituents want that, then it's my job as their representative to be that person to say, I'm sorry, but this is what my constituents want. I have to vote for that. Now, I will do everything in my power to always fight for a fiscally conservative point of view and that libertarian, hands-off, you know, our lives kind of Mm -hmm. thing. And that's what I always fight for. I mean, you just see all this stuff and the impact that we had from the school shutdowns and the, the long-term impact that it has on our kids, and it's infuriating. And, it, and I'm hoping a lot of these moms that got to see some of this nonsense say enough is enough, and it's time for us to take back our decisions and take the power back for the people and not give it to the politicians.
1: Wow, you sound really good. Don Mastronardi is our guest. He owns the Dry Dock Bar and Grill, and you, and you said three restaurants. What are the others, done?
3: Yes, yeah, so I own the Dry Dock uh, Bar and Grill in Norwalk, and then we also run the Silvermine Golf Club, uh, that's in Norwalk, and then we also run the public golf course, Oak Hills, uh, and that's Dry Dock Smoking Aces. So we we're just American pub and grill. You know our our clientele is blue collar and hardworking people, and that's what you know that's how I was raised, and that's uh, that's who we're fighting for. We're fighting for those people that that just want to be left alone and live their lives and spend their money how they want to spend it and live their lives how they want to live it.
1: What do you want from people? Is there anything people can do to help?
3: They need to, they need to be involved. They need to pay attention, not just you know October, November. They need to pay, pay attention year-round. And when a politician says something and then they do the opposite, you've got to hold them accountable. Too often it's too easy for these politicians to get away with saying one thing, doing another. And that goes on both sides. If people, you've got to be held to your word. If you can't be held to your word, then you shouldn't be having the public's trust, and that you shouldn't be in office. You know, I have a really big problem with a guy named Bob Duff, who's the Senate Majority Leader of this state, who I think is the epitome of what everything is wrong with uh, <laughs>
1: politics. He's a good person um, to have a problem with.
3: Yeah, he's, he's a guy that um, thinks that he knows best for everybody. He demonizes anybody that doesn't agree with him. And the lady that I'm running against, Lucy Dathan, is in lockstep with everything he does. And, and it's a problem. And even the the lady that I'm running against, she's from California. She's on record of saying, I want to make Connecticut the East Coast version of California, which is, anybody that sees what's going on in California should say, we definitely don't want that.
1: Um, She wants people to be using the uh, sidewalks of Connecticut for bathrooms?
3: Absolutely not. And I don't want to have to be forced to drive an electric car and then be told I can't charge that car because the power grid can't handle it. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, this kind of stuff is lunacy. It, it is. And the people, it is. the people that agree with us, you just look at them and be like, do you even do you even try to make sense of what they tell you and then look at what they do? Like, it doesn't add up. It doesn't line up.
1: Don, hold on one second. I, we, I mean, we've got to uh, take a break. We'll continue with Don Mastronardi in just a moment. Stay with us on WTIC. <laughs> Now,
0: back to the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080.
1: We are talking with Don Mastro-Nardi. He is running for state representative, his first run for public office in Norwalk and New Canaan. And he's a restaurateur tour the Dry Dock Bar and Grill in Norwalk. And, Don, it's really interesting hearing you talk because you've obviously th- thought all this stuff through. And you make a lot of sense talking politics. And it's amazing how rare that is.
3: <laughs> well, like I said, I have a passion for it. And, um, and I, again, I, I really have always believed in you, you got to stand up for people and really try to fight for things you believe in. And I try to instill that with my kids. And I really want people to kind of get involved in that and take up that. They can do it, too, is what I mean. Yeah. You, know, you, you don't have to be a politician to be a politician. And my goal is not to be a career politician. That's the other. I think that's the defining thing, is that I believe that you should have a job, that pol- the politics should be a part-time thing. When you're in session, you go up there, you get things done, and then you come back and you work in your community where you should be working and, and listening to people that you represent when you're con- consistently just a politician and all you care about is going to Hartford or being in D.C., how can you relate to people back in your districts if you don't spend any time with them, if you're not listening to them, if you're not seeing what's going on? And that, to me, is another thing. It's like We have to get back to being part-time representatives, not full-time jobs, and making it understood that we're representing people and that we should be involved in our communities and be entrenched with our communities and not in doing political things 24-7
1: yeah, that sounds pretty good all Don, right, do you have a website or anything people can learn more about you at
3: yeah so it's don4ct.com um you can go on there you can get involved like i said i need we need people to go out there and vote uh get out there and and help canvas and, and make phone calls and talk mm-hmm. to people and, and talk to your neighbors you know and and talk to a democrat talk to a liberal talk to a socialist even you know we, I always say you can, you can convert people if, you make, if you're making sense to people and you're trying to have a conversation, um, not trying to demonize them. So if you yep. can try to have those conversations, I think you can change hearts and minds and we can chart, start to get this state back on track because we've gotta, we got to get the Dems out of control because they've had the reins of this state for too long and we've seen the detrimental effects it's had on us and we've got to change course now.
1: Don Mastronardi, thanks for taking the time to join us. It's Don4CT.com. We will talk to you again. Good luck with the campaign. Appreciate it. Take care, Don. Have a great weekend. All righty, you too. Don Mastronardi, his restaurant is called the Dry Dock Bar and Grill located in Norwalk. If you're out that way, not exactly in the neighborhood, I know, but if you're out that way, uh, check it out and report back to us, Okay. Speaking of food, we've got the food hour coming up in an hour. It's called Order Up. We do it every week. The last hour of our week is food-oriented. And today we're going to be talking about food fit for a queen. We just figured we'd do a little tie-in that we would, um, what's the expression that Tom was talking about? Drown ourselves in the, uh, oh, bathe, yes, bathe in the, bathe marinade. in the, event well marinated was his own word but i think bathe was the one in the memo so we're going to do that and after news right now we're going to get a news update and then we'll uh and then we'll uh, do our rants and take some phone calls eight six zero five two two nine eight four two and the rant line number eight six zero seven five one forty six ninety eight.